Good morning, my name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor at CIV, and I'm glad you can join us as we continue on in our This Changes Everything message series. The this that we're talking about is that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again three days later to save us from our sins. Last week, we looked at evidence that proved that Jesus did die on the cross and he rose again. If you could prove that that didn't happen, then Christianity starts to unravel very quickly. But when you investigate the resurrection, the evidence is overwhelming that it did happen. I want to invite you to go back and listen to last week's message. If you haven't had a chance to do so, you can do that just on the sermons tab on our website. When you truly believe something, your behavior is going to follow That belief. Like this face mask, if I believe this is going to keep me from being sick, then I am going to wear this face mask so that I don't get any sickness. Now, there were people who were wearing these masks weeks before we have to to just get our groceries. And that was because they believed that it was going to help them not get sick. The belief that Jesus Christ died on the cross was raised on the third day and saved us from the penalty of our sins, it changes everything. It leads us to yield our life to follow Christ and live life God's way. And today we're going to look at how yielding your life to Christ changes happiness. When you think of happiness, where does your mind go? Before the stay-at-home order came into effect, I would have wanted to stay at home. I'm a bit of a homebody. I like to be at home. Uh, Maybe we'd be watching uh, University of Oklahoma football game where I went to school. Everybody would be getting along perfectly, of course, in my mind of what would be going on. My wife and I, we have four kids, and we'd all be getting along, watching the game, maybe playing a game or doing a puzzle um, with everybody. But now... I am thinking outside, anywhere outside, maybe a baseball game, maybe a hike with the family, going, spending a day at the park, anything outside, that sounds like happiness to me. We all have an idea of what happiness is for us, and it generally, it seems like a pursuit of some kind. Maybe it's a vacation, it's a beach, or the mountains, or Disneyland, or maybe it's Something on social media for you. Maybe you like to get a lot of likes or shares and that, that brings you a little, a little joy, a little happiness. Some people are happy when their kids are excelling. I know I get happy when my kids are excelling, but we can start to live vicariously through them. And when they're successful in sports or music or acting or in social experiences, we, it, it brings this overwhelming happiness to us. For others, happiness It might be something in the past. Maybe it's a regret that you want to fix, or you're trying to recreate the past. Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite was a poster boy for the past. He he said, if if I could just go back, if I could go back, I'd lead our team, football team, the state, and life would just work out for me. The Bible has some different perspective on happiness. And with it comes hope for more happiness in our life. 
Do you know that the Bible actually commands God's people to live life with joy and happiness? Psalm 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, rejoice always. But how do you actually do that? I don't know about you, but I can't typically command somebody or myself to be to be happy. In fact, bringing it up when somebody is not happy and telling them you need to be happy. That's typically how I'm going to start a fight or they're going to get mad at me and, and go out of the room. So what, what is going on here? How does the resurrection of Jesus lead us to choose joy always? That leads us to look and see what happiness is. And happiness is, the first thing is, it's not amazing delight. And in general, as we're talking about this, every human language has words grouped together around two different matters. Feeling good and feeling bad. Sometimes we are feeling good, sometimes we're feeling down, we're not feeling good. How about you? What words do you use to describe when you're feeling good? Let's have some fun and use some emojis to help us look at these words for feeling good. So here's some emojis on the screen. And in the message handout, there's actually a, a little chart, a little scale of low intensity feeling good words to high intensity. Um, so let's just go through some of these together. Sleepy. Sleepy is actually a you're feeling good word. You're not exhausted. That would be a feeling bad word. You're just sleepy. Relaxed is another one. Calm, feeling steady, serene, content. I have what I need. Pleased. And then happy is about middle of the road there. A sense of well-being and contentment. I'm delighted is another getting higher and higher intensity here. I'm elated. That is, you, you are just overjoyed, you're elated about something, euphoric, ecstasy, bliss. Bliss is like you're unaware of anything else that's going on. You're, you're so, uh, you're feeling so good. You're unaware of anything else going on. It's really interesting that happiness is about mid-range on the scale here. Happiness is, according to Marion Webster, a sense of well-being and contentment. Another way to say that is, is well-being, we're saying things are good. And then contentment, we're saying it is enough. We, we have enough. That is what happiness is and, and isn't. And that leads us to look at, okay, what makes me happy or sad? Here's how we usually approach happiness. Things go well. They look hopeful. I'm happy. The usual approach. You know, right now I go to the store and they have the, the thing that I want, that I'm looking for. I'm happy about that. Things don't go well. They don't look hopeful. I'm upset. I'm sad about that. I go to the store. They don't have the powdered milk that I need for my hot chocolate mix so that my coffee is good in the morning. I'm upset. I'm sad about that. Okay, I got a little specific there, but um, bear with me, not that, that that's happened recently or, or anything. Now, it is helpful to look at another word related to happiness. 
It's the word joy. The emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. And it's easy to see how joy and happiness are related. Happiness, it's that sense of well-being and contentment. So joy is the emotion that results from choosing happiness. And we see some clues to how we can produce joy in an article that is found in Psychology Today. This article was titled, What's Your Definition of Happiness? Take a look at this quote from the article. It says, In fact, using the phrase happy person is probably misleading because it implies that certain people are naturally happy or that positive things happen to them more often. Nobody is immune to life stressors. The question is whether you see those stressors as moments of opposition or moments of opportunity. So how do Christ followers produce joy? How does following Christ help us to filter stressors in our life and to see them as opportunities and not opposition? Well, the Bible gives us a ton of help in how to choose to look at these stressors as opportunities. Take a look at Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Happiness happens as we believe God will use every situation for my good. Let's look at Romans 5, 3 through 5, a little bit closer. Now it starts out, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Rejoice in our sufferings, that's the, the anti-version of what we were talking about earlier. Things weren't looking hopeful, then I'm upset, I'm sad. But what it's talking about here is giving us a perspective to look at the stressors in our life as opportunities. Let's take a look at suffering a little bit closer right now. Suffering is mankind's shame. When we are in the middle of some, some kind of suffering, whether it's a pandemic, relational suffering, financial suffering, illness, whatever suffering it is, when we're in the middle of that, it's easy to feel shame in our suffering. Suffering reveals our limitations. It reveals our faults in some instances. Ultimately, suffering shows that we aren't in control. As much as we thought we had it all together, suffering brings us back down to the reality that there are things in our life that we can't control. But God doesn't want the suffering to shame us. God wants to love us through whatever suffering that we are going through. And while we can't control the suffering, we can control our response to the suffering. We can choose joy in the middle of the suffering because of what the suffering will produce in us, which is what the rest of the verse talks about. 
says, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. So we see what happens here. We see suffering goes to endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. Endurance, character, and hope are key attributes in life. If someone is known for their endurance, for their strength of character, for having hope, they're a respected person. They are able to produce good things in their life. When I was 17, I started to feel a pain in my what I thought was my hamstring, but it ended up being my sciatic nerve. And some arthritic bone had built up in my back and was pinching down on that nerve. It took a while for us to figure out that it was actually my back that was hurt and, and not my hamstring. And so there was months where I was in so much pain that I could really only get through half, half of my day at school. It, it was really miserable. Um, honestly, it was devastating in some ways. Goals that I had for playing baseball beyond high school where I saw them coming crashing down. I was realizing that I wasn't in control. But through that situation and that circumstance, God grew me in incredible ways. My endurance grew leaps and bounds during that time. I was pushed through physical therapy, intense physical therapy, three times a week, uh, two to three hours um, at a at a time, I was pushed to do that for 10 months. And my character was strengthened through it as God gave me encouragement just at the right time when I needed it in that time. And this hope that's talked about here, it became real to me because I saw that God was growing me in ways that I couldn't have done otherwise. And hope. It removes the shame from our suffering, like it says at the end of this passage. And hope does not put us to shame. Would I wish any 17-year-old would have to go through what I went through with my back surgery? No, not at all. But God knew it was what I needed. And he loved me through it. And he grew me and he stretched me. And it left me with this hope that God will use any situation for good in my life. That hope comes from Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection. When we believe that to be true and commit to follow God, then we have hope that God is in charge and that he's going to work out these situations for my good. Hope in Christ, it removes the shame from our suffering. And it helps us to experience happiness in any situation. That's the perspective that God gives us to help us to be happy people that the article was talking about earlier. Our hope in Christ develops as we rejoice in our suffering and experience God coming through for us and growing us through it. And happiness continues as we trust that God will take care of us again and again. There's a man in the Bible named Paul. He was an early church starter. He wrote um, a lot of the New Testament. And he wrote 2 Corinthians that we're going to look at, at some verses from. 
He was no stranger to suffering. Listen to some of his sufferings. Five times he received lashes. He was stoned once. He was shipwrecked three times. He spent a night, a night and a day drifting at sea. And look what he has to say in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength and we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Let's look at what Paul is saying here by looking at a couple of the verses individually. First, let's look at the second half of verse 8. It says, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. That is an incredibly helpful verse. One of the things that it shows us is that there's this struggle to life, and Christ followers find themselves in in a struggle sometimes. Paul is opening up to us here. He's showing that they were in a bad way. They were burdened beyond their strength and despaired of life itself. Being a Christ follower doesn't mean that we don't struggle. It's okay to struggle with anxiety, with the depression, or whatever else it might be. But with God's help, through his people, through his word, the Bible, through prayer, you can fight to get back to the right perspective and choose hope in whatever situation you're in. It's okay to struggle, but it's not okay to get stuck in the struggle. Open up. Talk to someone. Ask for help if you are struggling emotionally. At CIV, we want to help. We are all sinners who are saved only by God's grace. But we can only help as much as people open up. So I want to encourage you to open up to somebody that you know at CIV. If you're in a group, talk to your group leader about it. Or if you'd like, write a comment on the connection card. Let us know. We would love to talk to you and to be there for you. Paul mentions that all of these troubles he was experiencing was to make him rely on God and not on himself. And I love how matter of a fact he is in verse 10. Look at it with me. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. There's that word hope again. Paul is giving us the process for dealing with our suffering. The perspective is we can rejoice in suffering because God will use the pain of that suffering to produce endurance, character, and hope. And the process for happiness in any situation is to choose to trust God again and again. You put your hope in God. And he comes through for you. 
then a new situation comes up and you put your hope in God again and he comes through for you again. And when you have that kind of a relationship with the God of the universe, putting your full trust in him, regardless of what you are facing, you can find happiness in the middle of any situation. Where do you need to choose hope and trust in God right now? Remember the cross. Jesus died on it as a sacrifice to save us from our sins. And to anyone who believes, their sins are forgiven. and Their relationship with God is restored. God has taken care of our ultimate need. And we just need to keep turning to him. And he will come through for us again and again and again. What a time right now we have to put this into practice. There's uncertainties all around us. We don't know how long we're going to have to stay at home. We don't know what it's going to look like when the stay-at-home order is lifted. There's so many opportunities to turn to God and trust him right now. We all have specific ways that we can put this into practice. I want to encourage you to do that. And we're able to continue to choose happiness situation by situation as we stay close to God. Take a look at Psalm 16, 8 through 9. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Here we see security, joy, and gladness. They're a result of a close relationship with God. I have set the Lord always before me. That has to do with God's ways. So we're putting God's ways before us. We're making that the path that we walk on. That's what it's talking about here. And then because he is at my right hand, that has to do with keeping God close to us. My two-year-old, when he goes to bed, recently he started saying, I'm, I'm scared. Um, that's, that's his excuse to not have to go to bed, but he, there is a element of reality to it. And so what I've been doing is I say, well, let's pray. And I pray for him. I ask God to protect him. And then I say this afterwards. I say, buddy, I would not leave you if this wasn't a safe place for me to leave you. That reassurance helps him, and he he goes to sleep. God is our Father, and we need reassurance from him, just like a child needs reassurance from their earthly father. And we can get that as we stay close to God through reading his Bible, applying it to our life, and prayer. At CIV, we've been doing these weekly Bible readings the last several weeks just to help us stay close to God and, and to help us to choose the right perspective, to choose the, the right things throughout the week. Take a look at, at this Bible reading plan. Just This is a one from this week. The CIV Bible reading plan, um, where there's a title with a picture that shows the theme for the day. Um, there's a verse to read. There's a question to answer that is aimed to help bridge the Bible reading into your life. And then there's a prayer to pray. 
We've been posting these on our Facebook and Instagram accounts, and we're sending out a PDF each uh, each week to people who want it. You can print it out, take notes on it, and use that to help you stay close to God during this time. When we do these things regularly, God speaks to us through the Bible. He encourages us. He shows us areas in our life we need to adjust and, and shift to be in line with his ways. He reminds us to choose happiness in suffering, knowing that God is going to use it for our good. And when we pray, we're acknowledging that God is in control of everything. And we are not. Praying to God throughout the day is a great way to act like God is by my side. He's right here with me, ready to encourage and help us through any situation that we're going through. Doing these things will help us to develop endurance, strength of character, and hope. We will not be shaken by our hardships and sufferings. We will trust in God and find joy in whatever situation we're going through. I want to encourage you with this picture from last Mother's Day. My wife, Gina, was in the hospital uh, last Mother's Day because of an ongoing health condition that she has. And it was a difficult time for all of us. Uh, She was in and out of the hospital actually two different times, um, very close together last year. And it, it just happened to be on Mother's Day, one of those times. And this picture really captures Gina's attitude and, and heart during the time. It was a struggle. It was hard, but she kept battling and she kept staying close to God, reading books of people who've gone through sufferings and friends were encouraging her Bible, reading her Bible, praying to God, asking for healing, but asking that she would grow during this time as well. And I love this picture because it just shows her beaming, not where we want to be, but God was still giving her happiness and joy wherever she was. Christ changes happiness. And he changes it so that we can experience it every day if we choose to rely on him in the midst of whatever's going on around us. Join us for the Bible reading plan this week by checking the box on the connection card. Choose hope and find joy in the opportunities that God has for you this week with whatever's going on in your life. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much that we can trust you, that you have promised these things to give us endurance, to give us character and hope in the middle of painful things. Thank you so much for that, Lord. Help us to choose to stay close to you, to trust in you, to rely on you during whatever's going on this week. We're all in the middle of just an uneasy time, and we ask for your help, Lord. Help us to draw near to you and choose the trust in you that will produce a happiness in the opportunities that you're putting in front of us every day. In Jesus' name, amen.